God damn, I need IPA. This is Beering Ain't Easy, your podcast for beer humor, dad humor, and beer tastings from Texas and beyond. So crack one if you got one and turn it up. Welcome to Beering Ain't Easy, season two, episode 28 with Ryan and Drew. All right, y'all, we have a special treat tonight. Ryan and I are actually doing an episode live and in person, and we're here to declare that it is officially stout season. Ryan, would you like to let the (laughs) listeners know what the hell we're looking at in front of us today? (laughs) Yeah, the the first night it hits uh, 40 degrees, it gets into the 40s since... uh, what, March of this year? And uh, we're coming in strong with the stats now. Uh, yes, we are. We, uh, I don't remember if we talked about it on a previous podcast episode, but we uh, we got the Eureka Heights advent calendar last year. And uh, we've been holding on to, to some of the big ones we started getting. We, we got, they gave us the 2021 Nuke the Whales, their, bur- their bourbon barrel aged imperial milk stout. But also in that pack was the 2020 variant, a... 2021 variant with coffee and vanilla and then a 2021 variant with coconut pecans cocoa nibs and vanilla Ooh yeah i can't think of a better way to try these than uh side by side let's try them all at the same time yes indeed (laughs) so would you say ryan that we're going nuclear we're going nuclear on this (laughs) for all our george w fans out there (laughs) so I feel like before we get into these beers, I, I, I want to let them. I, I want to let them warm up a little bit. So there's been some interesting things going on in, in Houston lately. Uh, the Astros have won the World Series World Champion Baseball Team. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, there's been a couple beer related uh, escapades ever since that uh, championship. One of which is during the parade. Uh, one of our politicians in the state of Texas had a beer thrown at him. What did you think about that, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was amusing. It was. I liked how how uh, Mr. Cruz afterwards gave a quote and said the dude had a noodle arm, which is like such a dad thing to say. But I mean, that thing was headed straight for his head. I would say the opposite. It wasn't a noodle arm. The dude was pretty on point. <laughs> oh my god! It was it was a laser. And if that guy hadn't put his hand out to deflect it. It would have been a TKO. <laughs> um, what's funny is like when you see the meme and just like internet aftermath from something like that happening. And the funniest one I saw, I can't remember who put it out there, but it was like, man, this Carbock, this this new Carbock marketing campaign has gotten out of hand. I love it. Uh, but the other funny part about the championship was was Mattress Mac. So, so for the folks that aren't Houston Astros fans or just Houstonites, which that's a very few amount of you out there. But Mattress Mac is like a legend. He's like the unofficial mayor of Houston. He sells mattresses. He basically gives away free mattresses if the Astros win. And he got into a little bit of a uh, profanity-laced tirade after the Astros lost in a spectacular fashion. And he came, he further entrenched himself as a Houston legend. Oh, for sure. I feel like... The last few years, Mattress Mac is he's just he's just putting himself out there. His, his bets have gotten bigger and bigger. He's just out there more and more. This profanity laced tirade out of fan. He's actually doing political ads now, endorsing people. Like 
I've been in Houston for 12 years and he's been around this whole time and I've never once seen him take like a hard stance on anything. And uh, now he's just like, you know what? I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> he's feeling himself. And, and not only that, he, I mean, last but not least, he was on a float with Bun B, Paul Wall, <laughs> God knows who else. <laughs> he is a freaking legend. The, the, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but they, they came out with a, someone drew an anime, uh, cartoon of him as like a gangster and like, it's so appropriate. It's, he's a straight G yeah. now, like for sure. <laughs> Why is a parade for a baseball championship need to be 40 hours long? And why does it need to include a bunch of floats of people that earned nothing? It should just be the team, right? Like that's, that's all that people should be out there to cheer for. Why is Ted Cruz on a float? I mean, Mattress Mac, maybe I give it to him because he made history with his uh, profanity laced rant against the Phillies. But I mean, how many extras do you... I mean, why is Andre Johnson on the float? Come on. Yeah, I don't know. And the dude that makes the girls was on there? Like, yeah. Paul Wall. I mean, yeah, with Paul. Like, what? <laughs> like, what are, what are we doing here? <laughs> it, it doesn't surprise me that the politicians wanted to get in on this because it's like, that's a very performative and that's like yeah. their jam. But, <laughs> but do you think people were, were really there to see those people? You know, they're there to see Jose Altuve and... Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, speaking of seeing Jose Altuve, did you see on the news the lines and people camping out at academies to go meet the players on their meeting Yes, rates? that was amazing. Insane. <laughs> so, last question on Mattress Mac before we start drinking these beers here. So, he's entrenched himself as legendary. You know a brewery is just sitting there like, damn it, we're going to make a Mattress Mac beer What's it going to be called, and who's going to be the first brewery to the scene? This this kind of sounds like something like ingenious would move in on. <laughs> that is a really good guess. I'm gonna have to circle back on that. Uh, the name of that beer. I'm sure we could come up with some good ones. I'll throw one out there. So you, you mentioned that graphic of him all g'd up. It's obviously that's the can art, but the beer is going to be called. Return of the Mac. <laughs> oh my God. That's it. All right. Return thank y'all. Mac. Thank y'all for listening. We're done. This episode's over. <laughs> thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> all right. So I think it's time to get nuclear. I think so. So what are we starting with, Ryan? So I think we need to start with a, our control, a baseline. We need to do the, the 2021 because they're all going to be variants. 2021 is kind of our base. Then we're going to go one year older, and then we're going to do the variants of the 2021. So it makes sense to me. Let's start with that one. What do you think? I love it. And to kick us off, I, I, I'm i a really big fan of, of written word. And uh, when a can takes the time to put something extra cheesy on their can, I'm going to read it on the air. So this one is particularly good. This bourbon barrel-aged imperial milk stout will suplex your taste buds into pleasure town. Once this regal liquid hits your blowhole, you'll be ready to yodel your third-string karaoke jams. Why do we make this big, beautiful ale? I don't know. Gotta nuke something. Where do you even come up with something like that? <laughs> You're just speechless. I'm speechless. <laughs> And the can has got two whales that are uh, blowholing 
together. <laughs> it's like Koblo hole. <laughs> Koblo holding a mushroom cloud. Yeah. Napalm. <laughs> I love that. My favorite part of that is probably the most subtle part of third string karaoke jams. I just love that. <laughs> nice. So I don't know if you said it, but this beer is coming in at 11%. So between the two of us, we've got to put down four of these bad boys. Yeah, so we, we got 11 It's a long percent. night. Four 11 percenters that we're uh, splitting here. I mean, have you, have you tried the first one? Yeah. I think it's really well done. It's got like a lot of that bourbon flavor, but not like really any burn. And it's got a lot of like nice roasty stout to back it up. Like, I mean, if you want to... A barrel-aged stout, I would say, like, this is a pretty perfect example of what you'd be looking for. What's interesting is they're, I mean, they're they're called imperial milk stouts. But, I mean, usually when I think of a milk stout, I'm, I'm thinking of something that tastes a lot different. But this this tastes closer to a, just a standard bourbon barrel-aged stout, you know, imperial stout versus a milk stout. So, is the milk help take away the that uh, bourbon burn? That's a, that's a good, that should be like a, an ask the brewer question. Cause I know like with milk stouts, it's just like you add lactose, it adds like some creaminess, like, uh, just some like mouthfeel, it thickens it up a little bit. But, uh, I suppose that probably could soften up some burn from like a barrel edge. It would make sense to me. You could talk me into it. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I feel like it's, if we are adding, you know, small amounts of lactose here. I feel like it, it can't be a lot because it's, it's still a very roasty stout, you know, not take you away from like a big, big ass stout. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so where do you want to go next here? You want to go to the variants or you want to try backing it up another year? I mean, we're basically trying this at a year old. So you want to back it up to two years or you want to try a variant? Let's, let's back it up two years. Let's, let's do this side by side and then let's get funky with it. So a lot of times when I try an, an aged beer, particularly like what we're drinking, two years old. There's like a very particular like age flavor to it. And I'm not really getting that maybe like a hint, but mostly what I'm getting is a lot of that roastiness is falling out and a lot of the, more of the bourbon flavor is coming through. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I can see that for sure. It without the, when you say the roastiness, it's almost like sometimes the bitterness of that roastiness, I don't, I don't get that as much. Yeah, I think that, that, that yeah, I think you're spot on. Yeah, that, the bitterness of it dropped out. There's probably, yeah, still some like kind of that roasty. It's, it's a little sweeter, but I do get, like you said, a little more of the bourbon there. It's pretty delightful. I, I feel like this is a beer that is worth aging. It, it takes a lot for me to say that. I used to try to do the aging stuff and I gave up on it and and kind of turned against it pretty hard <laughs> but yes this i actually think i like this more than 2021 to be honest my problem is like if you really do it right and you see the people that have a big seller they'll go and buy like a whole bunch of stouts and they'll always put aside like multiples that they'll sell her so that they could drink it at, they can do the flights but i'm i don't i'm always trying to like drink my oldest beer it's like last in first out kind of thing so i, I feel like i I rarely hold on to beers long unless I really just don't want to drink it. Yeah. I used to like take like, Oh yeah. Store it in a cool, dry place, like dark place to like the extreme. Like I would like wrap bottles in foil to keep all the light out and like write on Sharpie, like the dates and what was inside of it. It was, uh, I don't know. 
kind of weird and excessive. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> it was extra. <laughs> it's. I'm I'm in love with this 2020 though. Same, yeah, Sam. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, do you want to move on? And I was like, actually, you know what? I want to have wait one more sip and then we'll talk about it. I kind of want to hold on to a little bit of this one, and then. When we're done with this episode, since it's good and cold outside, sit outside and finish the rest of that out there, freezing our ass off. We have some some pack twelve after dark yeah. with some stouts out in the cold. I'm into this idea. So I wanted to ask you something. Well, let's move on to the next one, and then I want to talk to you about something. Sure. So where where are we going next? Are we going? Are we going to go coffee and vanilla, and then save the one that has. All the shit in it to the end. Yeah, we're gonna go coffee and vanilla next, and save the yeah the, the last one will be the the coconut pecans, coconuts, and vanilla. You know, we're throwing everything in there. We'll save that for last. That'll be our grand finale. Nice. I do love me some coffee and vanilla. Those are two. Of my I mean, same. In I mean, the world. these the normal variations taste like. I, if I didn't know any better, I would guess it had coffee in it. So I'm pretty excited to taste this one. So you said you had something you wanted to talk about. Yeah. What's, what you got on your mind? Apropos of nothing, um, circling back to last week's episode about the, uh, you know, kind of the perfect buzz for, for different events, we, we omitted a big one. Music concerts. We never talked about music concerts. Ooh. What do you think is the perfect kind of level for a music concert? Well, since we both went to go see a concert last night... Um, I will say that they serve some big ass cans in those <laughs> concerts, and I I regret getting the IPA to start my ass if I find out. <laughs> so so I would say probably not the IPA, but I do think it's so. Let, let's say you come in if you're coming in for the original set. All in all, if you go from the start of the show to the end of the show, you're looking at about four hours. So I think with those big beers, you know, probably three of those big beers max is, is ideal. It's very technical here. <laughs> had a lot of time to think about it since last night. Yeah, I I had some time to think about it this morning when I was trying to recover because I refused to pay for canned water at these things. So basically I didn't drink water for four hours while I was drinking beer. <laughs> I, I, so I was like, you know what I need to do? I need to... Just not go like super aggressive ahead of time. But, you know, you always kind of have a few before you go a lot of times. I think I think that's where you need to focus on. Get a couple in early. And then when you get in there, just kind of get maintenance beers and try to coast. I used to like try to pound them all the way through. And then it uh, it doesn't end well. I, I need to get in the habit of just, you know, sipping and a maintenance beer. Not like, you know, getting all Talladega Nights and uh, being front row hammer drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Some angel wings singing lead <laughs> vocals with Leonard Skinner. <laughs> but I mean, it is that first beer at a concert when they play your song. Dude, oh. That's the problem is you're having such a so good time. Good. It's so hard not to just like another swig, another swig, another swig. And then I realized like I finished one and I was like, all right, I need to like slow down a little bit. But then like I put my can down and like another Talladega Nights reference, but I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I like need to be holding on to something. It just feels right. <laughs> I found myself doing this thing. Like if, a, if one of the songs came on that I was really excited about, it's like my natural reaction was like, let's drink to that and like take a big old swig. It's just every time. hundred <laughs> percent. 
So yeah, like the goal is to to do maintenance, but uh, I feel like in practice it's kind of impossible. Anyway, what are your thoughts on this one, dude? So with this one, um, I definitely get the vanilla. It's it's good. Um, but I love coffee roastiness, and I'm not getting an overwhelming roastiness on this one. I I almost get more roastiness from like the base than I do for this one. I almost get more bourbon and vanilla. How about you? I'm I'm glad. I thought I was losing my mind. I was like, there's coffee in this one, and it's less roasty than the normal version. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got some of the vanilla, but yeah, I feel like the vanilla apparently masked the roastiness and the bourbon barrel age, frankly. Like it almost just seems like a just an imperial milk stout period, not barrel age. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. I mean it's still good, but I, I think I think I would pick just the base over this one. I was excited because I was like coffee and vanilla, like those are my two favorite things and that, it's a little too much vanilla. Yeah. I've, like going into this, that was this was the one I was most excited about. I mean, normally it would be like, oh, the older one should be the one I'm most excited about. But, you know, like I mentioned that, like that age taste that can sometimes creep in. And I was like a little concerned about that. So, yeah, this this was one I had circled. But um, honestly, it's a, it's in third for me. But, which, like you said, it's still really good. I'm still going to finish it. But, uh, you know, we're we're dealing with a high bar here. Yeah. After after that 2020, it's it's going to be a, it's a tough battle for all the rest of them. So as we move to our last one, which I'll remind the listeners is the Imperial Milk Stout with coconut, pecans, cocoa nibs, and vanilla. That's a lot. Before we go to that, Ryan, we we had uh, we're, the reason we're all here together in the great city of Cyprus is uh, your daughter had a birthday party today, and there was also a pretty big event that happened. Is there uh, any exciting news that you'd like to share with our listeners today, Ryan? I'd love to. Uh, nothing like taking advantage of one kid's birthday party to uh, announce a second kid hijack that person's special day. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna be bringing this up in therapy for the rest of their life. <laughs> so yeah, no. The our our daughter knew that my wife was pregnant, and uh, we took advantage of the fact that family was gonna be over. Told him to come a little bit early. And we did a little mini gender reveal before the birthday party. And uh, we will be having a boy. We'll have a little son to join Yay. our daughter. A boy and a girl. Congratulations, Ryan. Thanks, man. We're we're splitting the difference because uh, uh, Drew here has got all girls. And uh, the uh, the other half of, uh, of this family, guest of the show, Will, um, they have... They have a second boy on the way. So it's all boys on that side, all girls on the other side. We're split in the middle, one girl and one boy. So I was, I was trying to do some mental math while you were saying that about the, uh, the beer and ain't easy kid count. So yeah, I got, I got a little lost there. I had to get it back on track. <laughs> <laughs> I got lost too, but you know, it's okay. L- listeners probably got lost as well, but, uh, it's still an exciting event. So if you include Adam in this mix here, where our count will be, Three boys and four girls total for the Beering Ain't Easy podcast. So we're we may have lost all of our beer cred, but we're maintaining our dad cred for sure. <laughs> <laughs> dad life. <laughs> all right, are we ready to move on to this last yeah, one? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Let's. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Look, Drew, Drew already said it, but yes, this is the 
coconut pecans, coconut nibs, and vanilla. We have to say it a million times because there's a million ingredients. So, <laughs> and, there we go. Cheers. I just whiffed on the first uh, cheers, by the way. It's all good. No one else saw it. Yeah. I promise it wasn't the 11% beers. It was because it was crossbody, and uh, I just came up short. So what are your thoughts like on the nose on this one? Because I feel like this one, out of all of them, had the strongest nose. Well, maybe not the strongest, but the most unique nose. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, I'm trying to place that. I guess it's the probably the pecans, I guess I'm getting. Yeah, that's what I was getting. I was getting pecans. Say, so, like, reading the ingredients, I was like, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect, but I'm like, it's really hard to decipher what I'm getting here. Yeah, I'm I'm staring at the description, and I'm trying to, like, get those flavors when I taste it. I definitely smell the pecans. I taste the pecans. I get a slight hint of vanilla, but it's not as strong as the last one we had. But I definitely get those cocoa nibs. It's a little cho- more chocolatey. Uh, I'm having trouble connecting with the coconut, though. I'm going to try for another sip. Yeah, I'm not getting coconut anywhere. I smell the pecans, but not really tasting it. Mm-hmm. Still roasty. It's very roasty still. Yeah. Roastier than the vanilla one. Yeah, I think I get, yeah, predominantly vanilla. And yeah, I get like the chocolate, kind of that that chocolatey aftertaste mm-hmm. kind of is where I get the chocolate the most. Yeah, it's almost like a fullness at the end. Like it's it's almost like a heaviness with the chocolate at the end. There you go. Bringing it with the descriptors too. Boom. If we make it through <laughs> a few more a few more sips of these stouts, I may be back to, this is a great beer, y'all. It's got that stout flavor. <laughs> yeah, it's got that real roasty stout flavor. <laughs> yeah, for the... Listeners at home, go ahead and take a drink every time we say roasty. That should be a great game that we just do in every episode. It's like pick a word that we know we're going to abuse. <laughs> every time we say nuclear. So we were, I feel like we dissected this last one more than any other one, just obviously because the number of ingredients we could actually like kind of parse them out. But uh, as far as power rankings here, where do you put this one? I actually have this one at number two. Even though there's a lot going on, the the cocoa nibs, even though it's brewed in the same year, it gives it a little more sweetness. It takes out some of that bitterness. But then that 2020, the bitterness dropped out, and it was just freaking silky and delightful and like one of the best things I've tasted in a long time. Um, so that one obviously is, is a strong power, number one. But I kind of like this variant. Um, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to be boring and agree with you. There's like, when you were describing it, it, it like clicked with me. It's like, it's just, there's a richness there that's not there with the other ones. So I agree with you. I like the 2020. It's just like, great, frankly. <laughs> and then, yeah, this variant with all the different additives, adjuncts just has, it just has a richness on the finish that just, that's an enjoyable lingering flavor that the other ones kind of fall off and this one just like kind of stays and it makes you want to have another sip. Heck yeah. I have a technical question for you here. Oh, and it's about untapped. So, (laughs) so I just was thinking about this. I don't know why I was like, Oh, I'm going to untap rate this 2020, but like, how do you account for the time at which you rate a beer versus when the beer was made. So like you and I, 
for a while there, we were drinking a lot of the Divine Reserve beers from St. Arnold, but we were drinking them way too late. We were drinking them like six years later than they were supposed to be drank. And so like you, you want to check it in, but you're checking it in six years later. So how do you account for that? So like if I drank this 2020 a year ago, maybe I would only give it a four, but then I drink it right now and it's like a four and a half, you know, like, or a four, seven, five. I mean, this is a damn good stout. I mean, that'd be, how's that work, man? That'd be so interesting if the if they like kept that data and were able to like chart the ratings over time and see like the age of a beer and like a bell curve basically of seeing like once it like matures and you see the ratings start to climb and then it reaches past its peak and you start seeing the ratings fall off. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. So we need to create a new service that's not untapped, but you have to enter in the born on date of your can before you put your rating in. And so it takes the data. So if someone gives a 3.0 rating to like a really good IPA, but it's like seven months old and it like discredits the score. Sounds like a good episode idea. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I mean like, let's be honest. Like if, if I grabbed a spindle tap hazy and I drank it nine months later, I would probably not think it was as good as if I drank it at three months. So true. And then a stout is probably the opposite. You're like, okay, yeah. if I drink it right when it's produced, it's going to, it's significant. Here's a question for you. What do you think the shelf life is of a fruited sour? Do those things get better with age or worse? <laughs> I feel like that's a targeted question. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan and I bought some fruited sours, or I bought some fruited sours, and I, I overaged them unintentionally. <laughs> and they were um, well over, they were about a year old. And the, the funny thing about fruited sours is... I guess these started to ferment somewhat because they were very carbonated and they unfortunately were drain pours because <laughs> very unfortunate. That is unfortunate because I was excited. It was a nice little change up. It was going to be a little palate cleanser. I'd been, you know, drinking some IPAs and, uh, yeah, wasn't, uh, wasn't what I was hoping for. It wasn't the experience you were hoping for. Yeah. But I mean, when you when you talk about like a traditional sour, though, you, that you can age those, right? I mean, yeah, those are like the good sours, like the ones that like people like really go out of their way for. They're aged for like, yeah, like a year more. Mm-hmm. I guess when you jam a bunch of like fruit puree into beers, then it, I mean, it's kind of like when you get orange juice and you have it in your fridge for too long and then you grab the side of the orange juice and it's like, why is it so pressurized? And you open the top and it's like, you're like, oh shit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> now I got a mimosa. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> the, the issue with the particular sours we were drinking was they were kettle sours. So they're kind of like forced sours yeah. instead of kind of the naturally occurring ones, which obviously happens a lot so slower. So they'll last a lot longer kind of in that window. Whereas, yeah, I feel like kettle sours probably like get to that point and get past the point. A lot quicker. Well, all I know is that our recommendation for the Beer and Ain't Easy podcast is to age your Nuke the Whales two years or more. It's delicious, but don't age your fruited sour at the same timeline. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to put a bow on this discussion about, you know, untapped and and kind of the ranking of the beer over, over its lifetime. Do you remember... Uh, 
they might still do this, but I don't. I haven't been paying attention. But you remember when Stone had the beers that was like they had the drink after. Oh yeah. And then they had the drink before, and they like basically produced them to like not come to maturity until a certain time or it was like yeah there's nothing that's going to preserve this beer so you better drink it fast that was like a very cool fun oh that was thing. a great marketing campaign yeah i was like so into that i was like oh, i gotta get this and then i like i'm gonna buy two and then i'm gonna drink one now and then actually drink one on the date that they say and i'm gonna compare them it was like dude that like just feeding the chase like yeah. that was it <laughs> it, it was such a great idea because you look at it and and it won if you've got it near that timeline, it's like, oh, I better drink it now. Or it's like, it's like, oh, I can't drink it now because it says I can't. I don't know. I don't know. That was yeah, really yeah. a terrible ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, always, it always felt, yeah, like you were breaking the rules if you drank it early. <laughs> On the wild side. All right, Ryan, I need to ask you a question. I'm noticing that you have elected to take our 2020 stout and put it in a Eureka Heights fancy tasting glass. Is there, what's the, what's the story behind this glass? So this was the glass they gave away for their anniversary party. It is uh, it's basically a miniature version of a TQ glass without like the stem and base. Uh, do you think, uh, do you think the shape of this glass had any effect on the, uh, the, the taste, the taste we had? Oh man! After our glassware episode, it's possible that that's the reason why this is the number one pick. And I noticed that there is a small AF after the fancy, so this is the fancy AF tasting glass. That it is. I missed that. That's a uh, small details. That's amazing. <laughs> Going back and forth with my tasting now between the OG and the and the one with all the adjuncts, and uh, I stand by my statement about the richness of the finish of the adjunct one. But, uh, man, that roastiness of that OG is, uh, I mean, that's, that's what I'm here for when I'm here for a stout. So I'm, this one's tough. It's yeah. like, I'm really on the fence. I'm going to, I'm going to stand by what I said. I'm going to keep the adjunct one ahead, but I, I got to give a shout out just to the, the base recipe. They, they got it on point. The OG, I, I, that's the one I finished first. So, I know I rated it third, but it tells me that I still really like that. So I think we have a consensus here. We got the uh, the uh, coffee and vanilla, which I think would was maybe the favorite going in, coming in last year with uh, the what? Do we decide the is the OG number three, or, or have you bumped that up to number two? I'm gonna stick to my guns too. I'm, I'm gonna keep it at number three, but it very close tie with number two which is our adjunct filled coconut pecans cocoa nibs and vanilla yeah it's a yeah it's almost like it was like a one like a 2a a 2b and then like a three almost yeah the middle two were neck and neck there was a clear winner and there was a clear loser i'll just put it that way <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> loser is a hard word i know ryan's has trouble putting the, the word loser in front of Eureka Heights anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely unbiased over here. Um, no, I, was, I, I feel like this this is what the listeners should drink every time they hear me say this, but like there are no losers here. These were all well above average, I would say. Like these are like very good coming on the heels when I just said I'm completely unbiased. But But seriously, like 
I'd love all of these. And I'm very happy that we were able to like try all of these side by side. I'm pleasantly surprised that we did this because I, I kind of going in thought that they'd taste a lot more similar than they did. And there's definitely, this has given me a big appreciation for aging beers for sure. We're only 28 episodes into our second season and I'll, I will convert you yet to a Eureka Hetzman. I'm starting to write down on post-it notes so that I can buy <laughs> beers and organize them in a, in a highly engineered manner. I mean, we read, we read the can that said that they didn't know they needed to nuke something. Is that why they're nuking whales? I mean, why, what did whales ever do to you? I mean, if you got to nuke something, I mean, do you have, do you have a better choice? I just, I just love the implication I just had. I was just like, you got to nuke something. I mean, might as well be the, the whales, right? I mean, there's nothing else you can nuke. Like, come on. Like, how about the moon? Duh. Nuke the moon. <laughs> nuke the moon so all those shards of cheese can come back. When I think of nuking things that actually do jack shit i think of independence day when they try to fucking nuke those aliens and it just like bounces off of them they're like give them the middle finger and they're like in the app was that in the atmosphere or was that in space where that happened i think it was in the atmosphere yeah that it seems like that would have some negative implications they they glossed right over that one (laughs) (laughs) the nukes won't work but let's give the aliens a virus if you if you want if you want me to tell you I'm an engineer without explicitly telling you that I'm an engineer, I watched a YouTube video the other the other day about uh, setting off a nuclear bomb in the atmosphere, and uh, how the bomb itself wouldn't actually do damage, but the uh, electromagnetic pulse about the damage that would actually do to the energy grid. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so like an EMP, an, e- an EMP, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. Not not great. Yeah. And uh, these are the weird rabbit holes I find myself in from time to time. <laughs> but what would happen if you tried to nuke a whale? So, if, if it's underwater, does it have the same effect in the atmosphere? Given the choice between uh, setting a bomb off in the atmosphere on an alien spaceship or just nuking a whale, uh, I would nuke a whale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, PETA, if you're listening, arrest this man. Sorry, PETA. <laughs> But uh, watch this YouTube video. I do my own research. (laughs) Oh, this is from a Simpsons episode. This makes so much sense now. Nuke the whales? You don't really believe that, do you? I don't know. Gotta nuke something. Touche. Ladies and gentlemen, 11% (laughs) stouts. Yeah, this is going off the rails quick. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thanks for bearing with us on this 11% stout episode. It's stout season officially. Age your stouts. It's totally worth it. And go nuclear from time to time. Ryan, you want to close us out? Sounds like you just did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, if you got a special stout and you, you're coming up on, uh, on a year, apparently just uh, hold on to it and age it for two years because... Uh, that clearly seems to work. I'd like to humbly ask all our listeners to uh, give us uh, good ratings on uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so that uh, next time the Astros win the World Series, we can uh, 
hitch a ride on one of those buses and uh, hopefully get smoked in the head by a white claw. <laughs> so go throw a beer at your local politician and have a good night. This has been a Beering Ain't Easy production out of Houston, Texas. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook or at our website at crossthestreamsmedia.com where you can find our podcast and all the other great sister podcasts on our network. We're changing this from a beer podcast to a propaganda podcast. <laughs> First birds out are real. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about this? Like, I don't trust birds anymore. I don't know about you, man. <laughs> Can we nuke them too? There we go. That's our that's our next homebrew. It's called Nuke the Birds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new thing. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs>